Welcome to the RedX Real Estate Podcast. Here, you'll discover how to create stability and opportunity for your business with tips, tricks, habits, and hacks from top performing agents. If you'd like to receive notifications for new episodes, be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you like to listen. And for even more updates on eBooks, webinar trainings, and other useful real estate content, head over to theredx.com slash blog and click on any blog post to sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Thanks for listening. Now sit back and enjoy the episode. Welcome back to the Red X podcast. My name is Haley Johnson. I'm so glad that you're here today. We have an amazing episode planned for you today. We have Chris Abazes today here with us. Hi, Chris. Hi. I think I said that wrong. Abazes? Yeah, sure. You know, it's <laughs> at least you didn't add any letters or take any letters away. That's why I just, yeah. uh, you know. I just, too bad Chris is such a generic name. Otherwise I'd be like Madonna or something, you know, just kind of. <laughs> right. <laughs> awesome. Well, welcome to the podcast. We're so happy to have you. Um, Thanks for having me. Before we get into everything, I just wanted to welcome our audience that are watching live with us today and anyone that is listening to this afterwards. We're so glad that you're tuning in. We want you to ask your questions. This is a participatory event. So if you're watching live, um, feel free to ask any questions throughout the podcast um, and we'll get those answered from Chris. Uh, no matter where you're watching them, whether it's Facebook, our website, anywhere, we will get those funneled into Chris. So. That's right. But let's just get started. How you doing, Chris? Well, every day above ground is a good day for me. And I know some people think that that's negative. Sometimes I say that to people and they're like, well, it's awfully negative for like a young guy to have that. But um, no, it's, uh, it really is a good day. I'm living the dream in paradise. I'm all good. Good. Yeah, you're in Florida. So it's beautiful yep. over there. <laughs> a little, little, little cold today. It just hit 70 though. So it's good. Nice. Good. Yeah, it's uh, cold here in Utah today. But... <laughs> Um, it's fine. Kind of wishing I was in Florida. Anyway, um, so Chris, why don't you give us a little bit of a rundown of who you are, uh, a little bit of your background for those that don't know you? Sure. So, uh, you know, we were just talking and I had, um, I was in college in Manhattan and, uh, we had to kind of move from Manhattan to Queens cause they shut down student housing and, um, a real estate agent showed us two apartments in one building and I handed him $3,000. And I'd always been interested in real estate as an investment. So at the same time, I got put on academic probation in college, right? So they were like, you can't go to school for a semester because uh, I'm a perpetual learner, but if I didn't like a class, I just didn't go, which is not a good idea um, for any any college students watching. Um, <laughs> and so I figured, let me, let me look into getting my real estate license. So 40 hours later, I was licensed. Uh, 2002, I was a rookie of the year. Uh, working primarily with buyers, um, you know, by my third year, I really needed to figure out how to get listings. And that's when uh, I built my business with for sale by owners that year. Um, and it was wow. not fun. Uh, you know, anything about my behavior profile, I don't take rejection well, and I don't want to hurt anybody or upset anybody. And that's kind of like the path of most resistance. But once I figured it out, uh, I was I was rewarded with it, right? And I kind of cut a niche in that. And um, then in 2010, I left production to launch an office as a non-competing leader. Uh, there, I just focused on agent development and growing the company. So I was training, coaching, recruiting, managing and hiring staff. I really got uh, interested, more and more interested in organizational development and principles of leverage and, and leadership. And I really developed there as a leader and as a coach. And then in 2018 or so, I decided to get out of office leadership and just focus on development, right? So people development, so helping with people grow their business, 
helping them leverage themselves and really ultimately have a, a better business that they can have a better quality of life. I mean, that's what it's all about. That's why we do this, right? That's awesome. That's why we're here today on this podcast to help others right. uh, have a better business. That's awesome. The three things that we're going to cover today for all the audience is language, leadership, and leverage, which I think are all um, very essential to a successful business. So Chris, why don't we get into that a little bit? Um, whichever one you want to start with or the one that you think is most important, I'd love to hear about. I think it all starts with language, right? Like our reality exists inside our language and our ability to name things and say things, right? And it all comes down to knowing what to say, how to say, and then of course, communicating it to enough people. So it's, I, I hate the word scripts, you know, like people that know me, it's like, I hate when I'm like, hey, do you have a good script for that? Because what I'm really interested in is, um, is a conversation, right? And, you know, con, the word con meaning with, right? Latin for with is like with somebody, right? So asking great questions, really becoming a better listener. And that's all embedded in our language, right? So how we say things to people, how we influence them, our ability to listen and uh, speak back to people in their language. Um, you know, we talk about some NLP principles. And so that's really, I'm a, I'm a student of linguistics, of, of language patterns and things like that. And that's, I say, everything starts with how to say something. And if you can get really, really good at saying stuff, you'll be exceedingly successful. I mean, we look at people like Oprah Winfrey, right? Uh, yeah. She just got really, really good at asking great questions. And uh, mm. these are kind of micro distinctions we're talking about between her and somebody else that's asking questions that's not as successful. So I think it's okay. a real important thing to focus on, right? So then let's break down those those principles that you're talking about. What What makes good questions and how can you come up with those? So it's, and what makes it, what makes a great question is one that, that causes someone to think in a different direction, right? So there's different, uh, and there's a book by Dorothy Leeds called The Seven Powers of the Questions. So I'll, I'll, I'll give references and stuff like that. And um, that yeah. tells you about different kinds of questions and the powers of them. And uh, so there's different reasons to ask questions. And, you know, so we're talking about uh, if we're calling a for sale by owner, um, you're clearly calling someone that's got a particular filter about a real estate professional calling them. So if they're listing on their own, what are some things that they're probably thinking? I mean, we can assume that they're probably thinking that they don't need a real estate agent, that they don't want to deal with a salesperson, that they don't want to pay commission, all these things that we always hear. So it's really about like an, on that level, on the point of first contact, it's about getting them to think in a different direction and kind of create a new possibility that they didn't know existed. And we get there by kind of asking them questions that they can't say no to sometimes. So it's, you know, when we talk about neuro-linguistic programming, uh, techniques, there's one technique called like pacing and leading. So a pace is something that we say that we both know is true, right? So yeah. I might say, hey, Haley, we're here on this podcast, right? You know, and then you're like, yeah. And I'm like, and we're talking about the you know, the power of language and influence, right? Yeah, you know, and then I'm like, and you can actually see how powerful it is. That's actually a leading statement. So you're just inclined to say, yes, you might not see how powerful it is. Right. Huh. So with a for sale by owner, I might call a for sale by owner and I, you know, rather than say, Hey, I've got some buyers for your area or like, you know, if I bring a buyer, would you pay me? all these kinds of things that people say, I might just call them and say, Hey, it's Chris, your favorite real estate agent. I know you didn't know you had a favorite, but, uh, so that could be me because you probably don't have one. Right. So by the way, um, I see you're selling your house on your own. Is that correct? That's a pace. Yeah. They're selling it on their own. And I'm like, so you probably don't want to sign anything and you'd probably rather not pay a commission. Is that right? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, Great. If there was a way for me to help you sell your house without you signing a document or paying a commission, would you want to know more about that? And they're just like, I didn't even know that was possible. It's like, great. When, when can we meet? You know? And so that's, mm -hmm. it's just kind of, you know, and asking questions and, um, in, and depending on the conversation you're having, you can't, 
that's why scripts are so rigid sometimes and it doesn't allow you. I notice a lot of agents that use scripts, they're asking these questions as part of a script and then their brain is already looking at the next thing to say or ready to say it no matter what. And sometimes you have to adjust what you're saying and ask more needs analysis questions and like, hey, what's what's causing you to move, right? What's causing you to move? And then there's certain words that we use in there. Um, you know, depending on what questions you might get someone that's real emotional and then they're, you know, they're in their, they're in their right side of their brain. Right. And then we could yeah. start talking to them about numbers to get them left brained, Right. So get them into the logical side. So there's different techniques like that. Um, and then eventually you get over there and they're like, how'd you get over here? And <laughs> I told them, I sent, I sent everybody packing and how'd you get into my house? I really don't, you know, so, and that's, that's what it comes down to. And then that's just language on the front end. And then when you start, you know, when you have to communicate with your current clients or you have to help buyers make um, a decision on an offer or you help sellers negotiate or even communicating with other agents, the people around you and eventually your team, your employees, uh, that's, it's just, uh, I think it's huge. I think we can never stop learning and improving our communication skills. And it's I love that. With that. I love that it's applicable not only to cold calling or prospecting or whatever you're doing, but also in every facet. Even when you go on a listing presentation, I'm sure the language uh, yeah. is very important, especially in closing the transaction as well. So um, something I like that you said is you you ask a question that makes them think about it differently because yeah. a lot of complaints that people get um, or agents or um, objections that they get is, oh, you're like the 20th agent to call me and and they're not saying anything new or exciting than any other agent. Um, it's just like, hey, I want to list your home. Oh, okay, great. Get with the rest of them. But um, I like that you you say something that's a little bit different that gets them to agree with you. Um, and and then they, like you said, end up you're at, at their house. <laughs> yeah, it's a, also a pattern interrupter, right? Like um, uh, mm. my buddy once told me that's also a student of language. He said, Chris, I've met a lot of famous people in my life and I've connected with a lot of them. And the reason why he was able to connect is because everybody asks them all the same questions, but he'll like ask them like a great question uh, that gets them, you know, like, hey, that's a great question and that's memorable. So even we're not talking about famous mm -hmm. people, but on a, on, a, on a lower scale, just people that you come in contact with every day. Uh, it could be someone online at the grocery store. It could be a client, right? It could be someone that it could be someone that you're um, just uh, sitting sitting next to on the bus or train. You never know. Um, and I think it's important to have a, approach everything with a sense of curiosity instead of judgment, and just have these conversations with people and see what you be excited about. I don't know what I don't know, and everybody's perspective is different. We have to address people when we ask these questions. We're trying to uncover and discover what people's filters are, and then we communicate to them through their filters because we don't all see things the same mm. way. And that's where right. people have conflict and confrontations. Interesting. Okay. So could you give me an example of a good question versus a great question? Like I'm a for sale by owner. Yeah. So um, a lot of people, when I first started calling for, for sale by owners, um, I started calling them and just kind of asking them questions about the house, right? You know, so hey, could you tell me a little bit about can you tell me a little bit about the house, right? And you know, I'm like, you know, how many bedrooms are there? Is there roof and growth? Is the basement finished? Just to kind of get them engaged in conversation because um, that's always kind of an easy thing to talk about. And that's right. great. Uh, and that's a good kind of needs analysis and getting into, you know, what's causing your move and when you do sell, where are you going to go? Uh, those are all good questions, right? Mm -hmm. And that keeps people talking. But every chance that they get, they're going to be like, uh, but yeah, I don't want to list. I'm selling it on my own, right? And I just kind of used to be like, no, that's fine. I understand. Um, you know, so, and I just keep asking them questions and then okay. I would be like, yeah, my first strategy was kind of 
no matter what they said, they're just like, I don't want to list. I'm like, that's cool. Um, when's a good time for me to come over and take a look at the house? You know? And they're like, well, I don't want to list it. I'm like, I'm not even going to bring a pen. When's a good time for me to come by and take a look at the house? You know? And then, then that's when I would get to, well, I don't want to work with the realtor. And it's like, okay, well, when you say you don't want to work with the realtor, does that mean you don't want to pay commission? So if there was a way, if I produced a buyer that was paying me the commission and netted you what you were looking for in your pocket, would you move forward with an offer from that buyer? Right. Um, and you just kind of get them to say yes to something. They almost can't say no to it. Um, and those are all good questions. I think great questions is kind of when you get someone to think in a different direction that they didn't know existed, like we were talking about before is, uh, you know, well, if, you know, what I'm hearing, so I get that you're selling on your own and you probably don't want to sign anything. So if there's a way for you to do, there's a way for me to help you sell your house and you didn't have to sign anything and the commission didn't come from your, from your proceeds. Would you want to know more about that? If that was a possibility, um, is it worth the conversation? And that's it, you know, it's like, well, let's get together and talk more about that. Uh, the one thing I will tell people that I really struggled with when I first started making calls is I was getting into too much conversations over the phone. So we got to keep in mind, once we make contact, our first goal is just to schedule an appointment, even if it's a virtual appointment, a different time that allows them to digest, just getting them to agree to that, where you can put together really your conversation properly. Um, cause I was getting into it on the phone with them, which is, you know, never a good idea. They're always looking for a reason to say no or disqualify you. Right. Right. So just keep, keep your eye on that goal of scheduling that next appointment. I like it. Something you also mentioned is you change what you're saying or the questions that you're asking, depending on the person, um, and their personality. So talk to me a little bit more about that. Like if, if somebody is more logical or whatever, like how does that yeah. look different than someone who might be more emotionally tied to the property? So there's a few things to look at here, right? So like um, I'm certified in like this behavior profile. I study behavior profiles. So one thing we look at is behavior profiles. Like do are people more, are, are they, you know, more relationship oriented? Are they more thinking or task oriented? Are they more assertive? Are they passive, right? Yeah. Uh, what kinds of words are they using? What are they driven by? Are they driven by perfection and facts and data? Are they... Are they, are they, you know, like excited by humor, right? And being jovial. So, uh, and it's being able to identify those things up front makes a world of difference in how you communicate the questions you ask, the words you choose to use, the speed of your speech, right? Mm -hmm. uh, um, you know, see people opportunities to think. And now even on the other side of that, there's uh, people learn differently, right? So we say that there's uh, visual learners, which is most of the world. There's uh, auditory learners, there's kinesthetic learners. So that will even adjust your speech, right? And what words you choose. Like if you're an auditory learner, I'll be like, hey, how's that sound? You know, whereas you're a visual learner, I'll be like, I'll be like, how's that look to you, right? Or it's like, you know, when you work with work with a buyer that's kinesthetic and they walk into, you can work, you could be have a, you could have a couple, you could walk into a house, and the husband's visual and says, wow, this place looks great. You know, I really like the way this, right. And then the, the wife walks in and she like feels the wall and she's like, it just feels right. You know? Mm. So then you kind of, when you're talking to those people, if you can identify those things, I mean, it gets really, really powerful. I mean, I have thousands and thousands of hours of training and books on this stuff uh, and then thousands of more in practice, but um, it's, it's actually quite natural. And kind of look at the science behind all this stuff and how the brain works and how people operate and function. It just helps you so much in building rapport, influencing people. I, when it's negative, they call it manipulation, right? But when it's positive, they call it influence. Hmm. Same skills. I mean, That's interesting. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> I like that a lot. That's so, 
Um, for for most of our audience, they're they're newer agents, they're solo agents, mm. um, prospecting agents, things like that. Would you tell them to go study different uh, personality types to go and and see how they can do that? What what would be the first steps for somebody? Well, okay, so. Um... The first thing is, is to uh, learn from people that are doing it at a high level, right? So like we do a weekly group role play call where everyone pops into Zoom for 30 minutes and people practice role plays and, you know, yeah. newer agents come in and kind of just listen, then eventually to go in and practice them yourself. So there's the highest, the highest form of learning is teaching. The second highest form of learning is doing. Uh, mm. So pick one thing and just kind of do it. Don't get lost in all this stuff. And out of that, you know, we're talking about going deeper instead of wide, right? So instead of learning a FISBO script and an expired script and a geo call script, and then just kind of going wide, it's like, you know what? Uh, FISBOs really make sense to me. Expireds really make sense to me. Let me learn everything I can about that. Let me go deeper. Let me get so comfortable. We we talk about uh, the four quadrants of competency. I don't know if you're familiar with that. And the first, mm -hmm. the first level is um, you're consciously, you're unconsciously incompetent, right? So that's like, I, I don't know what I don't know. Um, yeah. and then all of us, like, I don't know that I don't know how to, you know, like, I don't know that I don't know how to drive a car. And then all of a sudden you're aware that you don't know how to drive a car, right? So that's conscious, consciously incompetent, conscious incompetence. Then we become consciously competent where that's most agents where they're at with scripts and stuff where they're reading them. They're paying attention to what they say. Then we get to a level of unconscious competence where it's habit. That's when it's become habit and it's second nature. Like when we drive a car and we'll get from your you'll get from home to work and you'll make phone calls you'll shave you'll put lipstick on whatever it is and you just arrive at work without thinking about it like so that's that level of unconscious competence and habit you want to get to that level with something right whatever it is and you want to do it and practice and master it and then you want to add other things on so it's like always how can i get better um you know i'm 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 getting great with language um, and I notice that sometimes it falls on deaf ears. What's going on there? What do I have control over? And sometimes it's rapport differences. It's behavioral differences. There's things there. People are thinking differently. And if we can get more skillful at paying attention to other people and kind of uncovering what makes them tick and identifying their filters, we'll be so much more effective. And this applies to life too. Um, you know, it's, it applies to life. I, I can't tell you that. I mean, I, when I meet people, it's like, I, cause I'll go by myself places and I meet random people or I'll be with my friends and we'll just meet random people. And people are just always like, I feel like I know you forever. And I'm like, well, because I just got to know you. I actually, you know, I'm curious. Yeah. I ask the questions and I'm authentic and I'm transparent too. So um, that's, uh, I think it works everywhere. I like I'm that. Humanity. Yeah. And I'm sure there goes a level when when you're going and visiting with these homeowners and you are genuine and you are asking genuine questions like that helps enough with just rapport and things like that. Um, but I, I did want to ask that something I thought of when you were introducing yourself and saying um, what you started out doing is you said that you weren't very good at prospecting in the beginning and, and it was hard for you. Um, and we get a lot of questions sometimes where people are like, I feel like I am too shy to prospect or I'm not good at this specific thing or whatever, because not every real estate agent is the same. So does this apply as well to real estate in, in the things that you do, like uh, do different personalities in real estate, um, yeah. can, can kind of transfer to what you do in real estate. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You know, we were just having this conversation earlier with, uh, you know, some people I work with about the different 
behavior profiles and how, um, you know, active behavioral styles tend to do well earlier, right? Because they can take on a prospecting approach and prospecting doesn't cost money. It just takes the time and it's, they adapt to it easier. Now, when we look at passive people, more introverted people, they're better marketers, but marketing costs money. It's a long-term strategy. It takes time to develop. So, and mm. uh, real estate organizations and, and classes are always to new, to new, new agents are always geared towards prospecting, right? Yeah. Let's get on the phone. Let's make those calls. Now it's, uh, is that to say that they can't make calls? No, it's just a different conversation. They might approach it differently. So, I mean, I have a client, I just uh, interviewed her yesterday. She built her business. She's the consummate soccer mom. Uh, she doesn't never makes a cold call. She's just like the warm and fuzzy pours out on people. It's kind of like that nursery school behavioral type. Um, and she just like calls people. She's like, Hey, how are you doing? She sends them brownies and handwritten notes and stuff. And she's built a great business uh, without making a cold call. So I, don't force yourself to do what you're not, right? And that's what I like to do. Like I have a, I have a coaching group. We have different people in there. And I got people that are like, oh, I hate making phone calls. So don't do it. There's lots of different ways you can get business. Find something that you're relatively comfortable with. I did do something I was uncomfortable with, but I was good at it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and almost too good. That's why. <laughs> so I had a partner my third year in a business when I learned how to list FISBOs. Um, I almost sounded too sharp on the phone sometimes. So people were reluctant to let me in. Uh, and then uh, my friend, Lynn, we started partnering up. We'd come in the morning and she's a Vietnamese immigrant and uh, she has a little bit of an accent. We used to say, we're going to make calls. We'll bring each other on the appointment and whoever makes the first appointment, the loser has to buy lunch, right? So it was a lot of fun. We ended up developing a partnership and I would call people. People would be kind of rush me off the phone because you know I sounded like a salesperson at the time. And then Lynn would call and she would sound meek and unassured and kind of stumble over her words and she would get the appointment. Uh, so, I mean, what I would say is just uh, figure out, figure out who you are. It all starts with what am I bringing to the table and wh who's the authentic me and how do I show up in this business? What am, what's my contribution to the real estate business? And yeah. is that, is that built into my language and is that built into my conversations and my social media posts and you know my way of being and am i listening right and am i finding the right people to work with and am i not attached to the outcome right because if you no matter who you are if you're calling and saying i'm too shy i'm not aggressive enough i'm not this i'm not that you're focusing on all the things that you're not what you focus on expands you're going to attract the things that yeah and then you're going to get people that think that way about you that ask how long you've been in a business but if you just kind of know who you are clearly what you're bringing to the table then you'll just show up that way and it'll be real and don't be attached to the outcome. It's okay. Not everybody's meant to work with everybody. And that's cool. Right. That's cool. I like that yeah. because, and, and something that um, I've heard as well is if you're more of like a driver personality and you love yep. cold calling and things like that, like expired listings and for sale by owners are totally for you because those, those people that answer the phone are a little bit more angry. Um, and mm -hmm. so if you can handle that situation well, then, that's awesome. Like work on that. But other people that maybe might be more timid or introverted actually prefer more of circle prospecting with like geo leads and exactly. things like that, because then it's much more of an easy conversation. It's not heated. It's not emotional. It's just a nice conversation with somebody that mm -hmm. you're either telling them about just listed, just sold, things like that. So there are ways, um, Larry even said in the chat just now, he said, work on your strengths forget your weaknesses. Um, That's right, Larry. I think is so, such an important principle. Yeah. And there's a great book for that actually called Strengths Finder, another book. It's a classic. 
uh, it's only a hundred pages and then you take an assessment and there's like 32 different strengths and it tells you your top five. Um, yeah. and we live in a society that we grow up in and everything's about your weaknesses. Like, you know, remember when you were a kid in school, if you rock, if you, if you rocked in English and you were not that great at math, where'd they give you the extra help math, let's catch you up in what you're bad at to get you average. Like everyone else, instead of saying that kid's never going to be an accountant. They're exceeding at English. Let's put them in creative writing and satire and stuff, right? So that's just, that's ingrained in us from society. Mm. And the thing is, is um, when when you get out there and you start making calls before you know who you are, uh, then you're just kind of like at the mercy of the wolves, right? So like you said, high D behavior, they're all about the numbers, the tasks. It's easy for them. Talk to 20 people a day and I'll be successful. Okay. So they just get to their 20 a day and they do it. Meanwhile, you get a high I, which is the best salesperson, but their fear is rejection. So the D will outperform the I every time because of sheer, you know, because they're just going for the numbers, right? Now, when we look at passive behavioral styles, uh, and like you said, call, doing the geo prospecting. So with my, with my passive coaching clients, um, they don't want to call for nothing. So we say, okay, well, what are you into? And some of them are really like into market statistics and things like that. So I say, okay, well, let's create a value proposition for you where you're calling them uh, to, to to talk about the market. You know, you give them a call said, you know, hey, it's your favorite real estate agent. I, I, I figured you wouldn't call me to find out about the market. So I figured I'd give you a call and let you know what's happening. You know, so I got some news for you here, right? And that's a much easier call to make. Then you get some people that are, I have a client that she's was really into cooking and she's like, Chris, how can I combine my cooking and real estate, my two passions? And I'm like, you just said it, right? So now she's doing cooking shows and houses and, hey, you're cooking with God. Me, I'm going to show you this house. I'm going to show you how to make this meal, right? And um, it's pretty cool. I think there's uh, there's no rules with it. And that's what's cool about this. It's like there's so many different ways to do it. No one size fits all answer. Yeah, and I liked what you said um, with the Strengths Finder test. I actually took that um, in college, and they um, they don't even they, there's like a whole big list of of possible strengths, right? And they just give you the ones that you rank highest on. They don't even yeah. allow you to really see what your weaknesses are because they don't want you to your top five. That's it. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't get the rest of the list of what you're not good at. So mm -hmm. I like I like that that is is emphasizing that you should focus on what's your what you are good at. That's a great tool. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a great well, tool. I think we've talked a lot about language, which is awesome and important. And I and I love everything that you said. You you have a very um, genuine way about talking about it and talking about influence and how we can talk to other people to um, make them feel important and, and also get business while doing it, which is awesome. Um, but I'd love to move into the other two categories of, of leadership and leverage. Um, I don't know which one you want to talk about. Leadership next, maybe. Sure, they're all important, right? Um, yeah. And uh, and they're all connected. So, um, you know, in our language and influencing, that, that's a degree of leadership. So, and I, I always say it starts with personal leadership, okay? So it's like uh, being able to be accountable to yourself, to be able to identify in your life what's important, the actions necessary to take to get there, um, and then thinking to yourself, uh, what do I need in my life that I don't have? Who do I need in my life that I don't have? What's the missing link in order for me to get to from where I am to where I want to be? Um, you know, personal development, educating yourself, reading, getting mentored and coached by people. I, I think that's all huge. And that's personal leadership. Um, th there's all, no matter who you are, um, there's going to be a time in your life where you need to kind of exhibit some leadership qualities, um, even in your personal life. We would talk about a solo agent, you know, like a lot of your listeners right now, they might be newer, a solo agent saying, 
no way. I never want to be in leadership. That's when I got into the business. I got into the business because I didn't want to have leadership and I didn't, I was never interested in leadership. The first time I remember when they offered me like an office manager position, I was like, why would somebody want to do that? I'll, I'll make less money and have a nine to five and to be responsible for all these people. Go find another sucker. You know, I was 26 years old. Right. <laughs> so it was like, uh, but then, but then I started to I started to realize along my journey. So that was my first evolution of getting into the real estate business, kind of self-leadership. It's up to me. The sky's the limit. I could be as lazy or work as hard as I want. And I reap the rewards for that. And I get the benefits of it. Um, and I don't have someone breathing down my neck and I'm not responsible for anybody. Right. At the same time, um, I, I owned an entertainment company, mobile entertainment company. We did, you know, DJ weddings and, and uh, sweet 16s and things like that. Um, and I did that on the weekends. And then uh, fast forward a few years, I went to a wedding overseas and I had um, a guy from my company run the DJ company for me. Um, and I was overseas and they were doing everything and putting the money in the bank. And my second evolution of wanting to be in business was, wow, I could create something that operates without me. And leadership is huge with that. You have to be able to bring people on board. You have to be able to create a vision that attracts them right? That gets people inspired to, hey, I want to work. I want to be part of that, right? And then you have to be able to articulate to them that you care about their goals, right? And that we can do this together. So then fast forward, even from there, when we launched um, when we launched my office um, and I hired a great receptionist and she was with me from the beginning um, and I hired a few people and I started to see there was talented people around me that deserved things. So even though I said, you know what? I'm good. I don't necessarily need to uh, I, I, I'm good. I don't need to build a bigger organization for me. I felt like I owed it to my people because we all know, we all have a friend that's, you know, like works at Starbucks. That's, you know, exceedingly talent, right? Exceedingly talented. So if my third evolution was to create opportunities for other people, right? So now I wanted to build businesses and create opportunities for other people. Cause why not? If we could, if we, if we, we have a social responsibility to create opportunities for those around us, if we're capable of doing it. Uh, that's, you know, that's how I feel. So think about it, you know, like Richard Branson and, you know, Walt Disney, kind of these huge organizations that employ so many people, make so many people happy, and they had a vision. Um, and it all comes down to leadership. So even on a small level, leadership in working with our clients, you know, influencing our buyers, right? Guiding our sellers in the right direction, our colleagues, right? Being an example. Uh, and not only being an example, having a level of influence where, you know, people are like, I'm attracted to that. I want to be in alignment with that. You know, that's how I work. I think that's I, so important. Yeah. I don't think we've talked about this a lot on our podcast, actually. And this is really interesting. Um, and we're having people chime in. Larry, again, he said, everything rises and falls on leadership, which is from Dr. Right, Larry. Maxwell. Um, and, and also Jerry said, people will follow if you can show some leadership skills in the, in this business, which is, Great. Like, and, and something you said in the beginning is, is making sure that you're working on your personal development um, so that you can have those leadership skills. But um, yeah. what is something that helps uh, that people can do right now to help um, have better leadership skills or to help uh, uh, create those in themselves? Well, um, I will say leadership, I think people just become leaders. Uh, they don't seek to do it. It's like, and you know, uh, was, it, was it Larry that mentioned John Maxwell? I mean, he's kind of like the leadership guy. He's wrote so many good books, um, you know, like the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. That's a classic one about the laws. Uh, one that I read early on was one called The 360 Degree Leader, which is about leading from the middle of an organization where, you know, 
hey, I'm not, I'm not the chief guy. I'm not the head guy in charge, but you know, I'm kind of, so how do I lead up? How do I lead across? How do I lead down? Uh, so I think reading books is, is super important. Um, getting involved, uh, getting involved with things uh, that require leadership and kind of stepping up and throwing your hat in there if you feel like it's something you're inspired to do. And this could be uh, for a nonprofit. I mean, for example, I started, um, I attended a Tony Robbins event and he talked about the basket brigade. I started one in Queens County. I was really passionate about it. I really didn't do much. I just cast the vision, got the right people. And still to this day, they're feeding over a hundred families on Thanksgiving, just from something, just an idea that I had. Mm -hmm. um, and it's about, it's about really being passionate about something and then having a vision and then goes back to the language. How can I communicate this vision that inspires people? When we look and we think of like people like Walt Disney, he was walking around some like swampland in Florida saying, this is going to be a destination for the whole world to come to a huge amusement park, all based on a talking mouse, right? People must've thought he was crazy, but Roy Disney said, I think you're onto something, right? So let's make this happen. Right. And then that talks about two distinctive kinds of leaders, right? There's a book called rocket fuel. And it talks about two distinct kinds of leaders. One's the visionary, like the Walt Disney, like yes. here's what we have, right? You know, then the other one's the integrator, the one that is inspired by that and says, let me make this happen. Um, and that's the one that's typically like a CEO that says, okay, I know how to make your vision happen. I know how to create the organization, put the systems in place, put the right people in the right places on seats on the bus. Um, and then you get into nuances of leadership, right? So it's, um, you know, there's uh, it, leadership comes small and it comes and it comes big. And sometimes we fall in different places and we see it in, I mean, we see people that are able to talk in front of, you know, arenas full of people and lead people. And then we see people that one-on-one, -on -one, they're able to inspire, you know, uh, a young child to do well in school. And, and that's a, mm -hmm. that's a level of leadership, right? I like that. That's funny. I, I just read Rocket Fool uh, not too long ago. So that's, that's okay, good. bring that up um, because I love that as well. Kind of going back to what we talked about before too, is there are different types of agents. There's different types of homeowners, all these things. Sure. There's different types of leaders. And so talking about um, this and how it fits into language is if you're more of a visionary, then, then that's going to determine what language you use and what, how you reach out to other people. Or if you find out that the homeowner that you're trying to list their home with is a visionary and you have to um, apply apply what you're saying to, to that personality or that leader, right? That's a great, yeah, that's a great observation. That's cool. Awesome. Well, then let's get into leverage because I think sure. we talked about language and, and how important our words are. We talked about leadership mm. and how important that is in, in influencing the people around us. Let, let's talk about what we can leverage. So, uh, like I said, when I got into the real estate business, I'm like, I never want to build a team. I never want to hire anybody, right? <laughs> so as I got busier and busier in our life, and we, we, we all have only so much time in a day, um, and it's leverage that helps us get to the next level. Leverage comes in three forms. Systems, how you do things, right? Or processes, mm -hmm. right? So how, how do we do this thing, right? Then there's tools. What do I do it with? Um, and then there's people. Who's doing it? Um, and uh, that's the most powerful form of leverage. It's also the most taxing uh, emotionally, requires the most leadership and is the most expensive, right? So we always say, let's start with systems and tools. A lot of real estate people, even, even you guys out there uh, that, are, that are new or as you're starting to get into habits, you'll realize that you do the same things every time. When, you get, when you're calling a buyer lead, you ask the same questions, you do the same thing, you use the same tools, the forms, you move to schedule them to an appointment. You kind of have the same processes. When you take a new listing, 
you know, what's your listing system? Okay, I put it into the MLS. I, you know, send it here. I send it there. I order postcards. I order the sign. Whatever you do, I take pictures. Uh, these are all systems. Then we have like tools that make our life easier. So, for example, I when I started, decided to call Fizbo's, I wanted to master it, and I started calling Fizbo's, and I was dialing. I was looking them up back in the day when I got started, there wasn't all this technology. There was a couple of FISBO websites or I used to cut out like the FISBO ads in a newspaper, tape them to an index card and take notes on the index card, right? <laughs> um, for the old school people, I remember, you know, it's, which was just kind of funny to think because I was a young guy back then. Um, and then it's like, I was doing that, making appointments. And then you ask the question, here's the leveraging question. Here's super important that could help you. Whenever you find yourself doing something that is not dollar productive or that you don't enjoy doing or where you've hit a ceiling, ask yourself, what system, tool, or person do I not have in my world that if I did, I wouldn't be doing this thing right now? Mm. So I started to realize, man, I wish there was a way I can make more phone calls. Then, you know, you find a service like Red X. Oh, you mean you give me all the data up front every day, new, fresh in my inbox? Oh, you mean I could search specific data? Wonderful. So now I have the data. I don't have to go searching for it. That saves me time. That leverage takes me to the next level. So now I'm using Red X and dialing, making able to make so many appointments an hour. And I'm like, man, I'm really maxed out here. What system tool or person do I, you know what? There's a tool, there's a dialer, an auto dialer. Wow. So now I can bring an auto dialer. Now I can make even more phone calls, you know, without having to dial the phone. Um, and that's another form of leverage. Then eventually you get to a point where you're completely leveraged with systems and tools. And if you desire to grow from that point, you're like, great, I have these things built, but now it's going to be easy for me to bring someone into my organization and say, okay, look, here's how I do things. Here's how I answer the phone. Here's how I, here's how I manage the CRM. Uh, here's how you work Red X. Here's how you, here's how you order, you know, manage a listing. Cause 80% of what we do in the world of real estate or in business in general is really administrative. It could be done by, you know, somebody great that makes 15 to $20 an hour. It really could, right? So that's what happens. And I think that's the biggest thing that people miss. And then uh, the dichotomy is that most real estate people are doers. Or nobody can do it as good as me. It's going to take too long to show one else how to do it, right? But if we had the foresight and we kind of put our systems together, we documented them, had an operations manual, made training videos and things, it'd be so much easier to leverage that out. So what I would tell new people is, Pay attention to what you're, what you do, as if you're going to have to teach someone else how to do it someday, right? Um, and many of my clients, they're like, they hit a ceiling, it's too late. Oh my god, I don't have time to hire someone. Great, we have systems for hiring people. Oh, now I got to teach them how to do things. Well, as you teach them, get them to document it, get them to do videos. That way, you'll have a training program in place. You'll have all these things documented and systematized. And we don't think about that. We just think about where's my next conversation, where's my next appointment, my my next listing, my next buyer, right? Yeah. So consider that as you move forward. That's that's awesome. It's like, um, and if I'm hearing correctly, like leverage is what you need to do in order to take it to the next level. Once you're, you want to expand, you want to be greater. I'm going to see what I can use to get me there. Um, and those are systems, tools, and people. Yep. Yep. In those forms, that's it. Yeah. It's pretty simple. There's a lot of stuff to get into with that, but um, it's in... And in, in what I do, you know, and we talk about a needs analysis. So for a real estate person, they're kind of figuring out the needs of their buyer or seller and then figuring out what's the best way to approach that. So and then what I do, I talk to a real estate person. I find out where they're at in their business. Um, where's the challenge? And then I could give them a, a, a prescription. I could prescribe them a path to take, right? So you should really learn how to do this, take these classes, read this book, you know, look into this technology based on what you're doing. Um, mm -hmm. 
that'll help you. You know, like I got my people making phone calls and they're dialing by finger or, you know, they don't have a data service. And it's like, listen, this is a, this, this will change your world by doing something like this. Where, where can people we have to get good those... at listening? And... Yeah. Sorry. Um, where, where can people go to find the, the things to leverage? Like, do they just follow someone um, like a coach or, or someone, uh, a top producer to see what they're doing and, and implement that? Yeah. Well, there's, uh, I mean, there's all kinds of ways to do it, right? So you could, yeah, you could find somebody that's got a business that's similar to yours, that's bigger, um, or find somebody that's like you, that's really successful, and then see what they're doing. Um, and I think that's a that's the shortcut, right? We call it modeling, which is where you watch somebody else that's doing it, you take what they're doing, and you start there. Uh, a good example of that outside of real estate is like a recipe. So if you never made a lasagna before. Rather than figuring out how to do it on your own, you might look up Bobby Flay or Rachel Ray and say, what are they doing with lasagna? Okay, I got this recipe. I'm going to model this. I'm going to make that. And then I'm going to understand it. And then I'm going to add my own flavor to it. Maybe I'm going to put crushed red pepper, you know, or use two different kinds of cheeses, whatever it is. So uh, I think that's that's one way. Um, another way, I mean, I, I went to, I took a lot of training, a lot of leadership training on organizational structure and change management. Uh, talks about these things. Um, and um, I, I started learning things differently when I got into leadership because now I wasn't just reading Rocket Fuel. For me, I was reading Rocket Fuel because I potentially had to share it with somebody later. I was potentially going to need to talk about this and it was going to impact someone else's life. Mm. So appro start approaching things that way. Start reading books that way, taking classes that way, as if you're going to have to share that with somebody later uh, that's going to not only change their world, but provide leverage for you in some way. Right. All right. That's awesome. I, I love your, your recipe analogy that that was something that made it very simple in my head that made perfect sense. Um, and the importance of modeling, cause I cannot cook for anything, um, but I can follow a recipe. So <laughs> that's awesome. Um, we just got a question from Amanda Smith, a regular here. She asked, I'm a newer agent currently focusing on automating my systems now for future use. What are a few must-haves to start with that you'd recommend? Uh, so systems are how you do stuff, right? So um, when, when you're new, there's nothing more important, I think, than uh, building your business and lead generation. So some things that you have to have, uh, I tell everyone up front, some kind of CRM, some kind of uh, consumer relationship management system so that as you start to have conversations, you keep track of that stuff, right? Um, starting with the people that you know, the warm and fuzzy, having those, you know, creating... Uh, your items of value, figuring out who you are, then reaching out to your community and saying, hey, I'm here. Um, I'm here to help you. And now before you hang up that phone, before you end that communication, you already know your follow-up system for the next year. For example, um, like a touch program. So you might have a monthly newsletter that goes out to everybody in your in your sphere of influence or met database. Uh, you might have a, a quarterly phone call where every three months you give them a phone call or shoot them a text to say hi. And you might write them a handwritten note every time you talk to them. So that's a system. That's going to be like, okay, this is going to be my touch program for the year for people that I know. Now for the people I don't know, I want to start talking to new people. What's going to be what's going to be my my thing that I'm going to choose to focus on? You know. And so we could talk about expires or for sale by owners. Start making those phone calls and then say, how can I get better at that? I'm going to get training and coaching around that. I'm going to practice and role play groups. I'm going to get some accountability. And then I'm going to invest in tools like Red X so that I could get the data and kind of take that to the next level. Um, and that's how you build your business. And don't, 
take the actions first and then figure out what tools you're going to need to complement your actions. Don't go and get a dialer because you saw an agent that's doing really well and they use a dialer. Make calls first, right? How many of you have a gym membership that you don't use? <laughs> right? So start doing the things first. And it's like, don't get overwhelmed and bogged down with tools and technology. Um, don't try to figure out the first systems you're going to have is pay attention to the things that you do that are working. And then you start doing the same things all the time and then figure out what tools you need to complement the way that you do things. Uh, so I would definitely say some kind of CRM, make it a goal to add new people to that, make it a goal to put all those people on some kind of touch program where you're systematically following up with them through the course of a year. That means you're going to have to put together a newsletter. That means you're going to have to put together content for it. And you're going to have to know who you are in order to put together con content that's in alignment with you. I think the worst thing that we all experience is when somebody puts us into some kind of CRM and hits send on automated emails. I mean, how many of you are getting automated emails from mortgage people or, you know, <laughs> financial planners and stuff that are just like, you know, it's, it's not personal and things like that. So I, I do encourage you to take the extra time and put you into it, right? You know, be yourself. Everyone else is taken. Yeah. Makes sense. So make sure make sure you're shining your light into everything that you do. Um, and that's that's what makes it real, and that's where you get the traction. But that's what I would that's what I would say up front. Have something to manage your contacts, and then have a tool to make new contacts and build that. Keep going. I love and that. measure. Yeah, I think that's great, um, Amanda. I'm sure you got more than enough than. Um for your question. So thank you so much. We have one My more question part. and then we're going to wrap up. Um, this good. has been like the quickest podcast ever. There's just so much information that you're giving. So this is awesome. Um, Jamar asked when people on the phone, this kind of goes back to language is what we were talking about in the beginning. When people on the phone hear about uh, real estate, mostly they hang up and say, I don't need an agent. Uh, how do you keep them uh, on the phone or, or is there an alternative approach? Sometimes people are going to hang up and I just never worry about that. I used to worry about it, right? Um, but it, it's about being authentic and you call them. Just make sure that you're in a good mood. Make sure that you're in a positive mindset. And when I would call them, I would say, and people are like, oh, I don't tell them I'm an agent until they ask or until later in a conversation. But yeah, I just give them a call. And I'm like, I'm like, hi, Haley. Hey, it's Chris, your favorite real estate agent. How are you? And they're like, I don't want to use a realtor. And I'm like, well, I don't want to be used. Can I have a conversation about helping you sell your house without you signing anything? Right. So it's just about kind of being yourself, depending on who it is. I tend to try to match somebody. So if someone's being like very curt and short and direct, I'll be curt and short and direct with them back. And then I look for an opportunity to kind of pattern interrupt and get them to kind of uh, get them curious enough to stay on the phone with me. That's the first step. Um, and um, so I'll be like, you know, I, I'm gonna call and say, hey, Haley, it's, it's it's Chris, your favorite real estate agent. Hey, I saw you're selling your house on your own. Is that correct? You know, yeah, yeah I don't need an agent. Awesome. So what I'm hearing, what, what I get is that you don't want to you don't want to hire an agent. You don't want to pay a commission. You don't want to deal with a salesperson. Is that right? It, that's exactly right. Well, I specialize in getting home sold without requiring the seller to sign an agreement or even agree to a commission. Um, and uh, are you willing to work under those terms? If I produce a buyer, uh, would you want to know about that? You don't have to sign anything. No commission discussion. What do you think? Is it worth a meeting? Right. Uh, well, uh, well, I'm not paying a commission. No problem. No problem. When when can we get together? Take a look at the house. I'll explain to you how it works, right? And we can work at that capacity, right? It's called buyer agency. It's just when we're face to face with them. That's when the magic happens. That's when you get to know someone. They're deciding if they like you. You're deciding if you like them. And it's okay if you don't. And you're not meant to work together. That's quite okay. Given phone number of your competitor. Um, but uh, you want to get in front of them. You want to build rapport. And that's when you want to have those deep conversations. Just get 
get get them curious enough to stay on the phone with you and get them curious enough to want to meet with you and and let the rest happen. Don't even focus on the hangups, right? Just just go, just keep going. I love it. Focus on curiosity and, and you're golden. That's awesome. Okay, well, Chris, we're, we're at the time, uh, at the end of this podcast now, but I do wanna say for everyone that's watching the podcast right now, Chris has a special offer for us. Uh, Chris, I'll let hmm. you um, tell them what that is. I do. So we're doing a, with Red X, I'm going to be doing a five-day lead generation challenge starting February 22nd to the 26th. It's an hour a day live on Zoom, just like we are today. A different strategy each day, like building your tribe, FISBOs and expireds, geo calls. And so uh, Red X has agreed to give everybody, if you're not a Red X customer, um, they're going to give you a 15-day trial of that once you sign up for it. So the five-day challenge, uh, it's 25 bucks. I know it's real expensive, but um, for the first 20 people that sign up, and use the promo code REDXVIP are going to get in for free. Uh, so that's five days of live coaching, 15 days of uh, REDX leads and dialer trial, um, absolutely free, just for the first 20 people. Um, and then everybody else after that, you're going to have to pay 25 bucks, but I promise it's going to be worth your $5 a day. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah, we got that going on. And you can get there at um, bettercallchris.com slash challenge. Um, and yeah, that's it. So hopefully we'll see you there. We're just going to talk about a lot of this stuff in detail and everyone's going to be required to take actions. You're going to do 10 contacts a day. Five of them have to be on the category that we studied that day. And uh, you're going to try different things. And by the end of the five days, hopefully you'll develop new habits. You'll, your business will be at a new level and you'll have a clear path and kind of know a little bit more about um, how, to, how to have success in this business. That's awesome. We will post the link to where you can sign up um, in the chat right now. We'll also put it below uh, the video if you're watching it afterwards so you can sign up for that boot camp. But Chris, thank you so much for spending 50 minutes with us today. This has been amazing and valuable. A lot of people in the chat today are just saying how great all of this is. So thank you for taking your time to, to help our audience um, be better in their business and in their life and everything. So we, we really appreciate it. We'll have to have My you pleasure. back because this is so great and we can talk about more. Absolutely. I'm, I'm easy to find. Feel free to reach out to me. I'm all over the place. Just, uh, you know, feel free to reach out and I'm, uh, I'm happy to connect with you guys. I'm all over in this, in the social world. So I'll see you out there. Hopefully we'll see you on the 22nd. Heck yeah. Yeah. And we'll, we'll put all of his contact information below as well if you want to reach out Perfect. to Chris. Um, but for those that are watching, uh, thank you so much for tuning in, asking your questions, all those things. This has been amazing. If you aren't already subscribed to the Red X podcast, head over to the redx.com forward slash podcast. Wait for the pop up and put your email in. We'll email you every time that we have a podcast uh, so that you don't miss any valuable strategy, tips, tricks um, on how to improve your real estate business. We will be back here again next Thursday, same time, same place at uh, 1.30 Mountain Time. So uh, for now, thank you again, everybody, but we will see you next week.